Hi, and welcome to PodRocket, a web development podcast brought to you by LogRocket. LogRocket helps software teams improve user experience with session replay, error tracking, and product analytics. Try it free at logrocket.com today. I'm Tejas Kumar, and today on the show, we have Attila Fasina, a good friend of mine, coworker, just an all-around fantastic human being. He's a developer relations engineer at Crab Nebula. Today, he's here to talk about his talk titled The Rendering Dilemma and Reacting to State Change. I've watched this talk personally, and it's a very exciting talk because it posits the idea that there is no framework war, but a framework tide, while also positioning signals in the context of fine-grained versus coarse-grained reactivity and really forming the basis of a really great discussion that we'll have today. So without further ado, welcome, Attila. Thanks, Tejas. I literally just watched your presentation again this last weekend at CityJS Berlin. You know, it just keeps getting better and better every time, frankly. For the sake of the listeners, I'm curious if you could recap quickly some of the topics you discussed in your talk. I think the most important part about this rendering idea is to essentially understand where each framework is coming from. And that's where I try to approach it because even frameworks that use signals and decided not to use virtual DOM and stuff like that, they all come from the same problematic, which is rendering things on the web. And that's what I try to start the talk with is pointing out what are the advantages and what were the ideas that led to different solutions in this case. And my goal is attendees understand the problematics and then can choose whatever tool suits best their use case. You mentioned the main problem everybody's solving is updates, user interface updates. And you mentioned libraries that use signals versus libraries that use VDOM. Are these two concepts? opposed to each other? How are they opposed to each other? I wouldn't say necessarily opposed, but in my take, they are different approaches to solve how to handle data, essentially. The state, as we're familiar with React, essentially the use state and things like that, they are essentially a data that's pulled. So the state is going to bring this data in, but there's no like tracking. And that's essentially why you need to have the rendering logic coupled with the data. That's what components are for. Whereas in signals, you have a pushed and pull. The main difference is that a signal is able to notify that the data has been changed. So there's new data around and therefore you can then use. So it's what we call a pushed and pull kind of this. So they're not opposed, but they're also a little bit different. Could you break down what reactivity means? And I feel like the name is React, but a lot of people throw this phrase around. React is not reactive. What does that mean? How does that fit into this context? Yeah, I think in this case, reactivity for what we are talking about is the ability our UI has to respond to state changes. So reactivity is essentially whenever there is a change in data, there needs to reflect a change in the UI. And the fact that some people say React is not actually reactive is because it doesn't update based only on the change in the data. It needs to pull this data. And that's what I was talking about before. And signals, they notify the change and then the change can happen. And that's why some people say that's actually more reactive model in this case. And so then what is the dilemma? Is the dilemma push then pull versus pull? The dilemma that I was referring to is essentially what I see developers going around in terms of which framework do I pick? Which framework is the best? What is the silver bullet that's going to solve all my problems? And honestly, sorry, I don't think I have an answer for that because it does depend on which problem you're trying to solve. 
the answer may vary, your experience may vary, and it depends on the team you have as well. But that was a dilemma I was mentioning about which one of these strategies should you pick? What's the problem with just going with, I don't know, people probably learn Vue to begin with, or they learn React. I find in myself definitely, and from people I talk to, that we stick with what we learn. So for example, I know that Quick is the fastest way to build on the web today, fastest in terms of first load JavaScript and time to interactive. But I don't care because I learned React. I know React. I'm writing a book on React. I'm well familiar with Next.js. And so for nine out of 10 things I need to build, I'm just going with React. And then if there's real limitations, only then I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I should look at Solid or Quick. As a self-described Solid fanboy, I can't imagine that you started your career with Solid. I assume you probably started with something like React and have recently moved to Solid. Why? And is it worth it? So I think that's a very good perspective to have, the one you just brought, where I also want to talk a little bit about people that put different frameworks against each other and compare the frameworks solely on a performance side of things. And I do think we reached in terms of best practices and every tool and every framework can reach optimal performance on pretty much every kind of app you do, as long as you don't violate best practices or do something horrible with it. Performance is hardly, say from a few cases, going to be the reason why you decide to completely dump a tool away and pick something else. But the reason why I did start with React, I played a lot with Next.js as well. I still do, actually. And we have at Crab Nebula as Svelte as well in the stack. So I do like playing around with different tooling. And I think that actually helps me understanding how they work better and pick the one that's best for me. Now, why did I decide Solid.js as essentially my daily driver or the tool that I stick the most with? Is because I happen to find that the mental model around signals and around how Solid.js handles reactivity fits my head better. I'm more capable of reasoning about it. I'm more capable of understanding and predicting how it's going to work. I think that because React has been around for about 10, almost 11 years now, we tend to think like since the beginning, playing around with it, we tend to think it's an easier model. But to me, it's just that we are more used to the trade-offs that it brings. We've seen that. We've seen it evolve over time. We go through class components, then hooks, now server components. And we've seen the framework mature. And we kind of know the issues that it has have already bitten us. And okay, we know how to build with them. But I believe that other abstractions might be a better representation of what we have or what we need in this case. And once we go into signals, then we can even start looking at other frameworks that have signals. You mentioned Quick. I just mentioned Svelte. Svelte's about to have signals with runes. We talked about Vue. All of them have their own flavor of signals. Angular just had a big event now, and they also have signals. But each one of them have a different approach to signals. And then once you decide to go this way, you also need to have a look at that because they do bring their own trade-offs and pitfalls in this case. I really like what you said about performance is not necessarily the be-all, end-all for accepting or rejecting a library, essentially, to build user interfaces, because you could create extremely performant user interfaces without any library, with just vanilla JavaScript. But then why aren't you? I do wonder, though, about the focus on signals with Angular, Svelte, Quick, Vue, Solid. I think those are almost all the libraries that now have moved to a signals plus compiler-based approach for updates. I mean, React has been pretty clear that they don't think that's the right 
approach, mainly because to the React team, and I know this firsthand, is it's an implementation detail. The fact that you have to think about signals or you have to think about memo is a failure on the part of React. And this is not for me, this is from the React team at Meta. Is there now value in focusing on these implementation details? Or do you think over time, we're not even going to be talking about signals because they'll be abstracted away from us by the library? I do think it's an implementation detail as well, but even though as we are the ones that are picking the tools and we are the ones that are crafting the tools and probably building libraries with the tools, it's important to understand some implementation details and sometimes they make a difference to us. That being said, it's not going to be my little sample crude app that's going to benefit from me understanding that. But if I'm building like a long standing product and I'm managing a team or picking an architecture, it might make a difference. So I don't entirely agree with the idea that the implementation details needs to be closed in to whoever's building the framework to decide and to make the right optimizations to it. Then again, I think that might be my unexperienced because I have I never built a framework before, but I don't think signals fit with the VDOM mental model that React has, essentially because there is a way of how the data is going to control the rendering engine and things like that. So signals kind of impose a certain independence of the data in this case, and that kind of violates the idea that components and data are coupled within React. So it does make a sense to me that React doesn't go with signals. I have this little slide on my talk that puts the frameworks in different sides and all of them are picking signals and stuff like that. That's not like a diss on React. I do think they have a reason for that. But then again, I also tend to be the guy that thinks that signals reflect better the way that the DOM operates and how we reason about building the UIs. So that being said, even with the whole memoization thing and all the optimizations, they're really welcome with React Forget. I don't think React's going to reach a mental model that is equivalent to signals, at least not for me. Yeah. And I also show that in my demos, and I know you have a talk that also shows that in your demos with the counters and stuff, that even by memoizing, you might render less, but then when you render, you do more computation than you would with signals. The point of signals and fine-grained reactivity is that you touch only the data that changes, you don't recompute the entire component. And so that is the fundamental difference, and that to me is what boils down in signals being a different mental model. It's not necessarily something that's going to make your app super fast or blazing fast if you want to do that, because you can mess up with signals as well, and you need to have the same amount of care and concern about the code you ship. So what I'm hearing is performance, sure, it's a benefit, but based on what you're saying, for you, it's more about the symmetry with your mental model as opposed to some form. And this is good because I keep asking myself, does it even matter, right? With quick and resumability, yes. Resumability is faster than hydration in that it does half the work of hydration because hydration does everything twice. But does it matter? I personally have never experienced this uncanny valley where like the markup has made it to my browser, but the event listeners haven't been attached. And so the page is not yet interactive. I've never experienced that, but this is the problem resumability solves. And to me, at this point in time, I can't say that it matters too much. I like what you're saying because performance isn't the thing that matters the most to you. It's a nice add-on, but what does matter is it makes sense to you in your mind. So one feedback that I got from a few people in these talks that I gave when I leave the stage, they came to me and said, oh, that's so great. The demo made it click to me because there was this component deep down in my tree that I kept seeing it re-rendering all the time. 
And I was like, why is it doing that? Why is it doing that? And the mental model around signals prevent you from having this little pitfalls. Now, I'm not saying re-renderings are evil. What I'm saying is that if you have a re-rendering going rogue or if you have a side effect on your rendering or something that you don't want to execute and re-renderings are triggering that, that's where the problem is in this case. And that's why, to me, it makes a little bit more sense because if I have something that I want to trigger or I want to re-execute, with Solid to me, it's much easier to just add a create effect, add a signal to it, and then I know this is going to re-execute when I need it to, as opposed to all the little adjustments that React does to make sure that renderings happen in an atomic way and prevent that, for example, with strict mode that runs twice on development, so you're aware that you're not creating bugs on the long run. So this kind of preventions, I don't need to worry about. And those are the ones that, to me, I would say, jeopardize a little bit the developer experience. I'm not saying React, but I do like React still. You mentioned strict mode being this error prevention step where React will run everything twice, specifically your effects twice, just to show you if you're doing something that can cause problems. How does Solid prevent errors in this case? For example, if you can very easily opt out of reactivity if you destructure a signal, right? Besides a lint rule, how does Solid tell you, hey, you're doing something to harm reactivity here? And that's a really good point because I think that's the biggest selling point that you would have if you would use something that's like a VDOM, for example. That's the biggest selling point for React, that React is extremely resilient and compared to SolidJS in this case. SolidJS has the rules, has the compiler, and very often you opt out of reactivity, you might not even notice for example, if you're doing this ul.map instead of using the for component, you might not realize you're changing the components, more components than you would, uh, recomputing the whole list. But if you fall out of reactivity in a way that would matter, what happens is that it breaks then and there in your face. So that's something that to me is easier to reason about than to realize further down the road that there is something hogging performance, something making my performance worse, and then you have this technical depth and you need to find some time to refactor it. I do like the idea that the framework, because of its heuristics and because of its constraints, kind of forced me to think on a way that's best long-term. And I think that's one of the prerogatives that keeps SolidJS code fast as it goes, because if you deviate too far from the best practices, the framework's going to slap you and then you can see and you can adjust to that. I want to hear more about this UL thing because I don't think I experienced that. But before we do, you say, it, you know, if you opt out of reactivity somehow, it breaks then and there. How does it break? Like in Next.js, for example, if the hydrated content doesn't match the current UI, there's a big red thing in the screen. Is it so flamboyant or is it more that you click a button and nothing changes? It can vary, but usually it's something like that. You're creating some kind of interactive component and because you fell out of reactivity, the component's not going to update. And then you realize that you got some stale data, you realize something like that. To pull back what I just mentioned about the UL, what happens is that because reactivity is something delicate, there are a lot of helpers to improve developer experience on dealing with that. One of them being the for and the index components, which they are meant to iterate through lists. So if you're coming as a React developer, you're going to notice the syntax is pretty similar, almost the same. If you get like a simple enough component, you can actually just 
copy-paste code. But in React, we're very much familiar with using the array method dot map to create lists. And what happens then is if you do what you do with React, that you pick a state and the state's an array and you use dot map to it. If you do that with a signal, for example, and the signal changes, what's going to happen is that you're likely to change the entire list. And that's going to be a little bit more sometimes. If you're changing just one component, that's going to be way more than you would need, essentially. What, what do you mean by change the list? How does the list change? If you update state, if you update a signal, for example, you have a list of things and that list is interactive in this case. So in React, what you do is a set state and you add an item or you remove an item something like that. And then the whole list re-renders by default in React and that's okay. And then if it becomes very problematic, you can virtualize the list or you can do some kind of memoization. In Solid, it's very strict about how much you want to re-render in this case. So you have the four element or the index and those are gonna actually abstract each component into their own signal. So in this case, if you are mutating a component that's in the list, if you use one of those components, Solid is going to be able to surgically affect only that one item in your list. That's where the whole performance things come into place because it does as little work as it can in the DOM. The most expensive thing that you can do in the DOM is actually removing and reappending elements. And what SolidJS tries to do most of the cases is replacing text content or replacing the content of the elements instead of removing and bringing the elements together. That's essentially the whole list thing. That's probably one of the first things that React developers mention is that, oh, I'm used to just using ul.map, can I? Or I'm used to just use a ternary instead of the show or switch match component combo. And my answer is usually, yes, you can. The thing is, it's still gonna work uh, in many cases, unless you do something bad essentially, but the components are there to help you out. For example, the show component is actually, I don't know, seven lines of code in the source code. So you can just start out without it. And as you go, as you try to optimize your component, you're gonna end up in the same footprint. They're there to help you. That's my take on those. What I'm hearing is there may even be actually one that exists, a React library that does exactly the <laughs> same thing. Because what each component is doing is it's just receiving an array and rendering a bunch of memoized stuff as children per element. So I'm starting to now see the mental model that you see. And I still don't think I'm going to switch to Solid full-time, mainly because it's not what I learned. Does Solid have a server components story? Solid is working on the Solid start which is going to be what the Remix or Next.js is to React. With that, it might come in sooner rather than later. To be honest, I'm not that close to what the release looks for Solid Start, if there's even a deadline yet. But there is like a, a server-side story for Solid, for sure. I think most of the listeners, even me, even you, all of us here in this space together, we're quite familiar with React's issues. I feel like I wonder what Solid's issues are. I mean, we already talked about a few, right? Like opting out of reactivity accidentally and, and so on. But by the way, I have some thoughts about how React, even despite automatic memoization with Forget, which we'll talk about in a minute, is just never going to be as fast as Solid. And I'll tell you why. But I'm curious, before we get to that, what are some issues with Solid that could be solved or have given you a hard time using Solid in production? So one thing that I'm routing to have more of is a larger community, to be honest. I think that there's a lot of 
potential in the community we have. But of course, compared to React, like React community is gigantic and pretty much everybody has been through a certain kind of problem as you and I might have, and then you can find solutions for it outside. In SolidJS, a lot of that boils down to looking at documentation because it's relatively new and though adoption is increasing, it's not comparable yet. And another thing that I believe might be an issue for people looking to adopt SolidJS is that because of the fine-grained reactivity model and because of this observer pattern, it requires a higher understanding of how the framework works in order to ship something because there are a lot of things that are a lot of helpers that can help you write the code. But then if you want to read just how to store state into complex types like arrays and objects, you go in and there's a create store and then you need to understand that the create store is going to go through each key and create a signal for each one. And then you have an object that is actually a proxy. So this can be a little bit daunting if you're fresh to JavaScript or then if you need to do something like produce or reconcile for that, like if you want to do some mutation on an object that's inside the store, and then you need to understand how is like shallow merges work and things like that. So this can be a little bit intimidating, I would say, if you're fresh to this kind of mindset. But then again, if you have time to afford to learn these things, I think they ultimately they help you build better apps and ship better code, regardless of which framework you're at because all these paradigms and concepts, they boil down to JavaScript, I think. And then again, that's one of the things that I like about Solid, that the abstraction layer is very thin. I'm not the framework developer, so if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I think it's one of the thinnest in this case, in terms of the distance of the abstraction to the actual DOM code. And I do like that. I do like the idea of being closer to the actual platform. While still maintaining a lot of the comforts of JSX. So in Solid, I know that signals can be created anywhere. They're not like use state. In fact, the rules of hooks just don't apply in Solid at all. Does that then negate the need for something like context, where you have a global stateful source and then other components consume that state? I wouldn't say it negates. I still like using context because it gives me a sense of security and safety in this case. Because what happens is, like what, what Teja is mentioning, is that if you declare a signal outside of the boundaries of your component, they become global. Like in React, you have use state. In Solid, you have create signal. It's exactly the same API, right? Except create signal, Solid's version of use state, you could call outside a function body. You could literally just have a file like signals.ts and just export a bunch of signals from there, giving you the equivalent of context, I would imagine. Yeah, I still use context in many situations because this can be problematic, especially as we go forward into having a server-side rendering story because then it lives in the runtime of the server and that's where you're going to have bugs. I think using context is still allows you the possibility to limit the scope to an instance of your app and not the instance of the machine it's running. So I still think context is a good practice in this case. Uh, that being said, it's quite liberating if you're doing a quick POC or something like that and you just want to make some piece of data available everywhere and then you get it done. A lot of people have expressed concerns. I'm talking about specifically people from the Vue community where they use something like create 
signal and solid. And the API is this tuple. You get back the state reader, so to speak, which is a function. It's not a variable. And you get back a setter. But I think the key difference between solid and React state is React is a literal identifier of a variable and solid is a function. You call it to read the state. People have expressed this is weird. I mean, people on the internet express a bunch of things is weird. But <laughs> for example, in Quick and Views implementation of signals, it's just like object.value. So it's not a function call. You're just reading dot value of something. And developers have expressed this feels like more natural. What's your take on that? My take on that is that the compiler is doing you a favor. I'm pretty sure about Quick. I'm not so sure about Vue, but I would say yes. So what happens is that at compile time, that dot value that you're doing is transformed into a, an accessor, so the getter. And this question actually reminded me of another rough edge that I found in playing with Solid. There is an issue in TypeScript about the control flow that because the accessor is a function, it's a function getter, what happens is that's a little bit hard to narrow type. So if you have a signal, for example, you create, and by default, it's a no, like it's a string, and by default, the initial value is a no, it's hard to have a control flow that you narrow the type because TypeScript has no way of telling you whenever you call that signal getter that the type is going to be narrowed. So this is a DX issue of the signature of having an accessor. It's a consequence of that. And that's my take. And I do the talk to actually open up for people to have this take is that to me, the trade-offs are worth it. Let's talk about React Forget. You mentioned Forget in your talk. We've alluded to it here. Could you tell everyone what React Forget is and what are some of the problems it aims to solve? React is compiler that the React team is working on. I believe at this point, it's an RFC, and I think there's some kind of implementation that I've seen people playing in a playground doing some stuff about that, but I don't know if it's generally available yet. But one of the main features where React Forget's been famous for is the auto-memoization story, where it's going to be able to identify the props or the pieces of data that certain components are going to need, and it's going to be able to memoize the entire component, so the JSX. Now, there's another thing that I learned talking to you before is that uh, React Forget is way more than that. It's going to also ensure some best practices. It's also going to be able to give like a stronger set of rails for people developing React apps. So given that it does this auto-memoization thing, a lot of people are saying it then makes React rival solid in terms of performance. So you get the performance benefits of signals while still sticking to what you know. Remember, in the beginning, we talked about people just stick to what they've learned. You get to use React without thinking about signals, but still getting the same performance of signals. Is that accurate, you think? I don't think it's accurate. If you measure like sheer performance, I haven't seen it at play. I'm not a framework developer, but I don't think it's going to measure up in terms of sheer performance and numbers. And when it comes to the mental model, I still think there is the inherent issue that if you change the data on that component, it's going to re-render the whole component. Memoization will prevent you to doing more work than you would need. And therefore, you might have quite a lot of benefits in terms of performance compared to React today. I don't think it's going to compare to Solid in this case, or it's going to measure up to Solid. And I also don't think it should be about that in this case. I think that 
if you're a React developer or if you want to try out Solid or something like that, I don't think it's going to come down to performance again. Like, I think the whole idea about one or the other in this case is one, the developer experience you have, which goes around the mental model, it might go a little bit about performance if that's really your thing. But there's also the idea of the ecosystem and what do you think is best for your use case long term. So in other words, if you're unhappy with React today, I don't think React forgets going to be the salvation. If you're happy with React today, I don't think React forgets going to be the damnation as well. I hear that. And listening to how you say it's not going to come close to signals in terms of exclusively performance because the components are reinvoked every time state changes. And what is reinvoked is a component with a lot of the logic that the component contains compared to with signals, nothing's reinvoked, except you you do reinvoke the subscribers to the signals. I think that holds weight, but another piece of the pie that will make React still slower than signals, despite forget memoizing things automatically, is the fact that there's the fiber reconciliation process, right? You still have to walk down a fiber tree and look at each node and compare their procs and be like, okay, this thing changed, this thing didn't change. And so even with forget, React would need to walk down a fiber tree and still mark components as didn't change. And so the algorithm will still take n time where n is the depth of your component tree or the number of components you have versus solid just doesn't care about your component tree. Signals just are completely divorced from components. They're just like little stateful primitives. Does that track? What do you think about that? I think that close the loop on where we started about data being pushed in pool versus just pool. Because the reason why Solid doesn't need to do that is because signals are auto-tracked. So what a signal does is creates this little queue of subscribers. And then whenever it's updated, it's able to notify whoever is dependent on it to access the new data. Whereas with the state model that React has, there's no way of doing this. So yes, it needs to do the dirty checking all the time. And that's inherently more work. So then. If we do a little bit of a Gedanken or thought exercise, the work that would be required to augment React such that it gives comparable performance to Solid, and again, performance isn't the only thing that matters. It's about mental model, it's about how it feels, it's about developer experience, et cetera. I do think the performance trade-offs between React and Solid, even today, don't matter as much because people use our things. And if they're really good, people will put up with it. I hate online airplane booking websites. Every single booking system on the web sucks, but I still use it because I need to book flights. So do with that what you will. But I think if we consider work that React needs to do to come close to solid, assuming only performance, it would have to be, yes, forget for auto-memoization, but then also maybe get rid of fiber altogether because this checking what components need to update and walking the trees while it can be done concurrently and so on with fiber, seems to be outdated if we're using strong-ish language. I mean, nobody else is doing this anymore. Literally, Angular used to with Zone.js. I agree. And that's one of the reasons that I went to, to a mental model that made more sense to me, because at this point, it seemed as a lot of work that was hard for me to reason about, especially if I had a bug about it. Can we talk about your usage of solid day-to-day -day in production? The reason I'm talking about this is because a lot of people 
I assume when I talk to at conferences as well is, you know, they're stuck in one library at work because the company chose it because it has the biggest community or it's the best suited for the enterprise needs, whatever it may be. And so there's a lot of people stuck in React, stuck in Angular, et cetera, that keep hearing about these sexy new things. Oh, Astro is great because Island's architecture, and but they don't actually get to use these things in production. Now, you're in a really special position where you are a solid fanboy and you build in solid on production, in production, every single day. You're working on things where Solid is a first-class citizen. What is that experience like for the people who maybe want to work with Solid every day in production but don't have that privilege? So what happens is that we had a few Greenfield projects that were about to come into place at Crab Nebula, and some of us sit down together, we talked a little bit, we evaluated the different frameworks, and nobody was priming to anyone, and we got an idea about how we wanted our stack to be and how we could be more productive about it. And so we set out to do that. And we picked Solid as the main framework in this case to describe the UI. We picked it for the community. We picked it because of how it stands about open source. I do think that the Solid.js community is really correct about open source. I like the governance of the project. And also at Crab Nebula, we work with Tori, which is also an open source framework that is used to build native apps with web technologies. So it has a backend in Rust and you bring whatever framework you need. So with that, we had also a little bit of experience playing around with all the different frameworks. And I'm a DevRel engineer there, so part of my work is also building sample apps with Tori. I experimented with pretty much all of the frameworks we have today. And I really like the integration story for Solid.js and Tari in this case. So for us, it was the most versatile one in the way that the Solid core team also builds a very small core with the important features and everything else is expendable. In this case, you can bring in stuff as your product grows in complexity which allows me with this pipe dream of having a single page application on my CI, I can ship as a native app. And with the same CI, I can ship also as a full stack server-side rendered website. And I can ship as an SPA, that's a PWA if I want to. And that allows me that Solid.js brings the missing piece that I had, especially Solid Start with what Nikhil and Ryan are doing with Vinci, for example, where you can decouple the routers between server router, between server routing, static routing, and client-side routing. So this composable story resonated a lot with me. Then we looked into the ecosystem and we had things like Cobalt, bringing what we have as Redix UI to Solid.js. Just yesterday, I saw this uh, new library, Solid UI, that's doing what Shedcn UI did for React. Uh, it's doing the same for Solid. It's a complete port. So the community, there's a lot of nice work flourishing about it. There's also a community maintained by the actual Solid team called Solid Primitives, which you know how to translate DOM events into signals. You have libraries to operate with WebSockets and so on. Like whatever you need to get closer to the platform, the primitives are already there. And the team and I sat down and said, okay, so if we have all these primitives, if we have all these opportunities coming out from the community, and we are in this special company that allows us to invest time in open source, that's the best combination we can do because we are passionate about open source as well and we do want to collaborate more with the community. So to us, 
whatever was missing in the community was actually an opportunity, was not a pain point. Wow. Because that puts us in the position to bring something back as Corav Nebula, as the people working and using that every day. I'm assuming you're building whatever it is you're building in Solid with a team. Did the team all have exposure and experience with Solid before, or was this something that needed to be like ramped up internally? So that's another point, and that brings back to what I said about the thin abstraction layer. So I work in a team that's a little bit diverse. There are people that, they're Rust developers, and there's me as a front-end developer. I came from a JavaScript background, and we have another developer that comes from sort of JavaScript full stack background as well, but had no experience with Solid before. And it made onboarding them to the way of thinking Solid kind of easier because essentially most of the stuff that they were doing were JavaScript. So I had this situation where we had to mutate a state inside setting a store. And what I did, I sat down with a Rust developer and I explained to them, we cannot mutate that because it's coming as a reference and then Shalomer. So we need to use a method called produce that's going to give you a hard copy of that out of the box. And it instantly made sense. There was no reasoning about dependencies arrays or whatever else that are framework specific. I didn't have to teach them how to write code for the framework to work. I just had to show them how the framework was operating with JavaScript or updating like a lot of data in a certain store. One of them mentioned, look, aren't we going to trigger a bunch of re-renderings by changing the whole list like that? I said, no, there's no re-renderings. We don't need to think about that. It's a different story. So we come to the point where performance issues become actually browser rendering issues where we have a list that's just going to keep growing as long as the app is open. And we start, like, the problems we have are how many DOM nodes can the browser take? So these are the problems we're having right now. And these are the problems we're anticipating. It's not about the framework. It's about the platform itself. That's incredible. I feel like there's some real symbolism here because Towery is this smaller framework that goes up against an incumbent, the incumbent being Electron, right? I think it's no secret that everything's Electron, VS Code's Electron. Electron is far more prevalent and dominant in the JavaScript for native app sort of space. And then Towery is not small in the sense of popularity, it's small in the sense of it's up against a bigger competitor. However, Tauri, I mean, 70,000 stars on GitHub, that's no small feat. I like how there's the symbolism here that Solid is similar as this thing that goes up against this big incumbent React. And so I, I see that this is probably a cultural decision as well at Crab Nebula. Was that part of the decision matrix to go for Solid as well? Yeah, we talked a little bit about that. And essentially, we yes. So there's no walking around that, yes. <laughs> and it was very intentional. Like there was not a single reason why we picked it. There were a bunch of reasons that made sense to us. Mm. And just to keep up with that analogy, uh, I don't think that any of those frameworks we just mentioned are gonna trump each other up and one of them is gonna fall into oblivion. I do think that there is like a place in the future for somebody that in the same way that they create this, their proof of concept, they reach, they find a market fit for their app with Electron. And then at some point, security or performance become a bottleneck. They decide to go to the Rust side and ship it again with Tori. There's the same value in somebody getting a POC with React, leveraging the ecosystem, leveraging all the AI tools and 
all the hive mind knowledge that we have in the community and patching up something quick and seeing the value in that. And then at some point they say, okay, we got it working. Now let's make it scalable. Let's make it like long-term or something like that. So I do see there are ways for us to, as developers, leverage the plurality that we have in the ecosystem in terms of tooling. Fantastic. We're about to wrap up, but before we do, I want to give you an opportunity to share something, anything with the listeners that you think would be of value to them as closing thoughts. What I want to point out is that use this community that we have, they're building so much stuff. And instead of focusing on measuring which one is better than the other, let's understand how each one of them work and go for. So going with that direction, I think if you're interested in solid and stuff like that, Ryan Carniaro, the creator of Solid, he does a stream every Friday where he talks about all things, open up his mind for everybody to challenge decisions and stuff like that. And I'm doing some creator stuff on my own YouTube channel to help disseminate a little bit of the little knowledge that I have. You can check that out. And yeah, if there's any kind of question about Solid.js, Story, or whatever framework, you can drop me a line there or x and i'll make sure to create some kind of content about it awesome yeah and we'll put all those links in the show note captions with that until it's always man i get to talk to you every day and every single time it's such a privilege although we don't really get the time to sit down and do a deep dive into topics like this so i, I don't take it lightly i really appreciate it and on behalf of myself and everyone at the podcast thank you so much for coming on board today Thank you for having me. And as usual, like every conversation with you, I feel that I learned so much and I enjoy that. So it's been a pleasure.